Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is September 21st. This is week three, entering week three of the NFL season. My name is Michael Nazarek. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, it's just, it's just Chris. Chris, how you doing tonight, Chris? <laughs> oh, you got tired of uh, blowing smoke every time, trying to come up with a new way to describe me. Yeah, I like it. It's just Chris. I like it. That works good. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. That's it. Anyway, we've got, oh, my gosh, we've got a lot to talk about. It's uh, injury central, uh, especially at the quarterback position. So let's get, let's get right into it. Uh, wow. Uh, here we go. Right in your area of the, uh, of the woods uh, in Indianapolis, uh, Carson Wentz, the new quarterback for the Colts, uh, injured not one but both of his ankles. Uh, Little-known, inexperienced Jacob Eason had to come and finish the game. Uh, they don't know if he's going to play this week. Actually, I'm referring to you, Chris. So you tell me what's going on in Indianapolis with regards to Carson Wentz. Is he going to play? Is he not? What's going on? Uh, I think he's going to make every effort to. He, one almost throwaway comment in Frank Wright's press conference today, he said uh, he's a, Carson Wentz is aware of the magnitude of this game or something like that. So I, I think that's kind of a subtle pressure that says, hey, we really need you out there because Jacob can't do the job. But, uh, boy, if you, if you saw the way he was walking on Sunday and, and, and to the podium after the game, I'd be surprised if he can play. I mean, two sprained ankles. He, uh, the second one was pretty bad. Um, there's only so much you can do, especially when mobility is a big part of your game. That's really the only reason he's been reasonably successful so far because the offensive line has been playing very subpar. So, um, thankfully, Tennessee doesn't have a huge pass rush but and a great pass defense, but I, I just don't see Carson Wentz, Wentz being able to play at all, let alone being effective. I, I'd be surprised, really, if he plays right now, despite his toughness. So, so if you're a fantasy owner and you've got guys like Michael Pittman or Zach Pascal who scored his third touchdown of the season this past week, um, obviously is that a huge downgrade if Wentz doesn't play? Well, based on what I saw from Jacob Eason and his only NFL experience, uh, he promptly came in and threw an interception, and he was, I think, 0 for 4 before he completed his first short pass in, in, in desperation time. So, boy, I didn't like what I saw. Um, he's got great skills. He, I just – I don't know if he wasn't ready that day or, or what, but I would have to downgrade everybody. I know Tennessee's pass defense has been poor again, for the fantasy, really good against, really good in allowing things to wide receivers and quarterbacks, but the, the guys they played, Tyler Murray and, and uh, Russell Wilson and their receiving crews are just way better than even Carson Wentz and a fully healthy Colts receiving crew. So I, I'd have to downgrade everybody, and I have to downgrade 
Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines as well because you know they're going to stack the box and dare Jacob Eason to throw with a lot of his downfield guys missing with Hilton and Paris Campbell probably out again. So, yeah, this is, this is, a, this is a scary place to be for fantasy. This could be a dead zone this week. Yeah, Jacob Eason, by the way, was two for five uh, for 25 yards and that one pick in that game. So, uh, yeah, it, it could get very ugly. Okay, let's move on quickly. Uh, in Chicago, Andy Dalton injured not once but twice. It came up lame with a leg injury, and then he came back out, and then he injured his knee. He's got a bone bruise in the knee. Uh, they're not saying whether he's going to play or not. kind of looks like he's probably not because they do have Justin Fields, the rookie. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of people in Chicago clamoring already to see Justin Fields on the play on on the field to play starting regardless of the health of Andy Dalton. Although they say that the team says that Andy Dalton's a starter when he's healthy. What's your thoughts on Justin Fields? Let's say he does start here. Is that is that good for the team? Bad for the team? Uh, it's going to be ups and downs. Or what, what's your what's your feeling? Yeah, I think a little bit up and down. He's still a rookie, even though he's pretty good. He's still a rookie. Um, he still showed a little bit of uh, skittishness when he had to come in in the second half of that game. From a fantasy perspective, he's going to be a far better fantasy quarterback just because what he can give you on the ground, that just elevates him up into a, a range that Dalton's not going to be able to do with that same offense. Um, I, do con- I am concerned about maybe some of the pass catchers. Um, uh, I, I'm, you know, obviously, Allen Robinson's a wide receiver, too, at worst for most teams, in some cases, a one. So I am concerned that it could have a negative effect there. But but from quarterback perspective, Andy Dalton was not rosterable. Justin Fields is a is a solid number two and a potential starter some weeks just because of his running capacity. Yep. Okay, let's move on over to Miami. Tua Tagovailoa, a rib injury, bruises ribs. Uh, looks like uh, J- Jacob uh, Jacoby Brissett. I'm sorry, the former Colt quarterback might be starting so uh hopefully there's a little bit a little bit better situation here in case jacoby has to start what's your thoughts on jacoby Brissett and what he brings to the miami offense if he has to start chris i think what he brings is some stability i don't think he brings much big play potential or much uh, you know explosiveness but he won't turn the ball over he'll make you know good decisions with it um he, he's a he's a classic backup quarterback great locker room guy stable won't hurt you but he's not going to do anything spectacular. It's probably going to take a little bit of the explosiveness out of it, even though he's going to get guys like Will Fuller back in the field. Looking at his schedule the next couple of weeks, if he has to start more than one week, they've got some, some pretty tough pass defenses as well. So I, I, I don't know if, if Brissett's the guy you really want to pick up if you had Agovailoa on your roster because he doesn't have that, that, again, that running ability. He, he's more of a one-yard plunge guy because he's a big dude, but he's not a runner. Okay. Uh, well, moving to Houston real quick because the game's coming up on Thursday night. Houston against uh, Carolina. Tyrod Taylor's out with a hamstring injury. He's week to week. Rookie quarterback Davis Mills, not Deshaun Watson. They're keeping him away from the team because they want him pristine so they can trade him next year. Davis Mills gets a start. Fantasy impact, Chris. Uh, Brandon Cooks is the only fantasy player on this team worth a darn right now, and I do have to wonder what's going to happen. As you and I have often discussed, when a backup quarterback comes in, especially a rookie, they often lock onto what was the third or fourth receiver because that's the guy that he's been playing with more. So I, I want to see what happens with Brandon Cooks uh, going forward. Other than that, it's a non-factor aside from the fact that you definitely want to play the Carolina defense this week. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, moving on over to uh, the Raiders. Uh, Josh Jacobs missed the game last week with toe and ankle injuries. He's very, very questionable to play this week. Peyton Barber got it. looks like he uh, got work on the early downs, uh, rushed 13 times for only 32 yards. Of course, that did come against a very staunch uh, Steelers run defense. Uh, Peyton Barber uh, could see more room this week. Is he worth a fantasy pickup in your eyes, Chris? Only if you want to want to or need to start him this week. Uh, Miami will give up some stuff on the ground. They've got some tough games coming up, the Chargers, the Bears, and Denver right after this. So I, I, I don't see much running opportunity there. And he's certainly no Josh Jacobs. I think, honestly, looking at Kenyon Drake being a guy that can catch passes as well as run and got about maybe uh, about a 40% share of the running game, Kenyon Drake's a guy I would rather start. Um, I, I just can't get real excited about Peyton Barber, especially with his total non-involvement in the passing game. Yeah, obviously. And, and uh, also can... with, yeah, with David Carr potentially being a little gimpy, with Carr being a little gimpy, they're going to maybe lose a lot more quick dump-offs to get the ball out of his hands, so they're not going to do that downfield passing game. So, again, that put Kenyon Drake more in play than Peyton Barber. So, yeah, I, I would stay yep. away unless you really, really need a running back this week. Okay, I understand completely. Uh, yeah, definitely. If you got Kenyon Drake, then uh, if Jacob sits, then uh, obviously uh, his value goes up, especially out of the backfield there. We're going to go over some of the uh, – qu- quickly, the key NFL injuries. You want the complete list, we do have it over at uh, ffmastermind.com for our premium subscribers, updated every day. Derek uh, uh, Carr, we just mentioned, he's very questionable uh, with an ankle injury. However, uh, John Gruden says that he should be able to play this week. Uh, it depends on if he gets any practices and how he is by the end of the week. We'll see. Uh, Big Ben uh, Roethlisberger uh, cropped up with a uh, pec injury, uh, so he's done status in the certain there. And, of course, that leads us to questions of whether is his teammate uh, Deontay Johnson with a knee uh, is going to be able to play this week. Fortunately, uh, fantasy owners saw that Deontay Johnson went down with it, that knee injury at the very end of the game this past week, a meaningless play. Uh, he had to be helped off the field, but apparently it's not a major injury, uh, but TBD for this week. We'll see later this week to see if he can practice. Uh, moving on over to the Rams, uh, Daryl Henderson, another injury, uh, rib injury this time. Uh, he left the game, and Sonny Michelle came in and got 10 carries. Uh, looks like Michelle could start if Daryl Henderson sits. We'll see if Henderson returns to practice this week. Uh, down in Dallas, uh, they're hopeful, uh, that's what Jerry Jones said, uh, that about Amari Cooper and his ribs. Uh, they hope he, he'll be able to play. We'll see if he can practice later this week and uh, cross, cross our fingers there. Big Monday night game down there in Dallas with uh, the Eagles. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, for uh, Dak Prescott and company there. Uh, OBJ uh, sat out again with it uh, coming off that torn ACL. His status is uncertain. And, of course, his teammate, uh, Jarvis Landry, sprained his MCL. They placed him on IR today. He's week to week. He's out at least three weeks there with the game. And so your starting wide receivers could be Donovan, Peoples-Jones, and Rashard Higgins. They are the ones that saw most of the playtime. Anthony Schwartz, uh, another receiver, is also gimpy. Uh, so uh, Cleveland is going to probably be run, run, run their football this week. LaVisca Chanel, uh shoulder injury for Jacksonville. He's expected to play this week. Uh, we'll see, of course, if he practices. Tyrell Williams set out the Monday night game with a concussion. His status is uncertain there. He is the number one receiver for the Lions, and uh, they miss him there. We'll see if he can practice. Uh, the last two injuries here, uh, Evan Ingram with a calf, still uncertain. We'll see if he'll be able to practice. And James with Shaughnessy with an ankle. He's expected to miss three to four uh, weeks uh, of action uh, there um, for, uh, for um, Jacksonville. Anyway, we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. 
found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we urge everyone to please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. We're, of course, uh, continuing to post a free NFL QuickBit news items every day on the site as it breaks. All of our injury information has gone premium uh, since the start of the season. Uh, we are also offering free uh, Eye in the Sky scanning reports, including reports covering the Colts from Chris Rito on a, uh, a weekly basis. Uh, Chris is nice enough to do two reports a week. And, of course, we're offering our weekly in-season fantasy newsletters, thirty-seven ninety-five uh, for all 18 weeks. We're into week three, so we're probably going to prorate that here in another week or two and offer it at a slight discount. Uh, we're talking a fourth one injury report, Sunday night waiver wire, uh, the market feature on Tuesday, I just completed it earlier today. Uh, we've got the inside slant for the week. Uh, lots of good items on there. We, of course, we rank our player, uh, rank all the players in tiers each week on Wednesday. We've added flex player ranking list uh, for both PPR and non-PPR on Thursday. Update these rankings on Saturday, and of course, post all the inactive list and all the injuries as they break uh, on Sunday morning uh, for all of our subscribers. And please. Follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. All right, let's get to this week's pick to click and flick off of your starting lineup. Chris, give me a couple quarterbacks you like and why. Uh, I'm going to start with Daniel Jones. Uh, You'd think for a guy that's likely to be a free agent or might be a free agent in your league that all I would need to say is he gets the Falcons this week. But I think there's actually more to it than this. Uh, As long as that defense is struggling, he's going to throw it just as much or if not more than the average quarterback. And he has produced so far to the tune of being fantasy's number six quarterback through two games. Um, his rushing points are going to raise his weekly floor, like we mentioned with some other guys. He's actually third in rushing yards amongst quarterbacks behind Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. And he scored on the ground in each game. And that's not including a 58-yard touchdown he had called back on a penalty just a couple days ago. He is a very solid streamer this week. And I would even start him over many low-end number one guys like Joe Burrow, for example. Uh, another guy I like is Kirk Cousins. Uh, the Seahawks have allowed 300 yards per game while playing two very, very run-heavy offenses. And in Kirk Cousins, you have a hot quarterback with some very talented wide receivers, as well as a powerful running game to demand attention, even if Dalvin Cook is a little bit limited from those uh, injuries on Sunday. The Seahawks have also been far worse on the road than at home in pass defense the last two-plus seasons, and they've really not been that good for several years now. Uh, Cousins should have multiple touchdowns in what could be a very high-scoring affair. Okay, uh, a couple of quarterbacks I like this week. Uh, well, this one was a veteran, and he rebounded after a terrible first game uh, against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Matt Ryan of uh, Atlanta. I think he's going to produce very good, uh, solid, good numbers against the New York Giants. Uh, that's probably going to be a fairly high-scoring game there, just like uh, the Giants and, and uh, Washington football team uh, game left from last Thursday. Um, I like Ryan this week, so if you need him, uh, start him. Uh, you know, he's going to probably be ranked in our uh, QB2 range. But uh, like I said, uh, if you waited and waited and waited in your draft and, and took Ryan as your starter, low-tier starter, then uh, you'll be pr- uh, 
pretty happy with his results this week. Matthew Stafford of the Rams, obviously usually a must start. Well, they're getting the Bucks this week, but the Bucks secondary is just not not that great because everyone's passing on them and having success, including Matt Ryan just had a good game against them, and I think Matt Stafford's going to do the same. So if you've got Stafford and you've seen them playing the Bucks, don't worry, Stafford's not going to run, so he's going to pass. Uh, you have a good game here. A couple of guys I'm really concerned about this week, Jameis Winston, after looking very efficient in week one, looked absolutely terrible and lost in week two. Uh, you've got guys like Marcus Callaway on that team that don't know what they're doing or they're not, they're not making the plays, not drawing the targets. Uh, Jim Winston is is not uh, not not playing well right now, and he's uh, going against the Patriots. That just took apart the Jets and Zach Wilson. So I sit Jameis this week. And Trevor Lawrence, uh, wow, his inaccuracy is off the charts right now. He's struggling to get anything done. Uh, didn't even throw for 150 yards this past week. I think it was 111. Uh, no, no, uh, he did. I think he did have a touchdown, but um, you know it, it's just not looking good. And uh, so I would sit Trevor and let him uh, get his act back together. Most of the rookies struggle this week, and so I would sit him this week and, uh, and, and take a week off. Anyway, uh, how about you, Chris? A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why? Um, I'm going to start with Taylor Heineke. Uh, he turned a lot of heads last week with his stat line, and frankly, he looked very good doing it too. Um, but he has yet to play a road game with fans in his entire career, aside from kneel-down duty. And the Crazy Bills Mafia are going to be absolutely roaring this week. Plus, this tough defense has only allowed a league-best 185 passing yards per game despite a top number of passing attempts against them, and they stifle the run game also. So this could be a really rough game for the Washington football team. Uh, and then this is merely a caution play. So let me preface it by saying that. But I'm, I'd be tempering my expectations on Patrick Mahomes this week. You obviously are never going to bench this guy under any circumstances. However, it is worth noting that the Chargers have only allowed 186 yards passing in each game, and and the games played by those same two quarterbacks in their other weeks were 403 yards and 336 by Heineke. Mahomes has also never fared well against the Chargers. In five career games, he's averaging only 231 yards per game with two games under 200 yards and no game over 302. He's going to have to do something he's never done before just to reach average Mahomes stat line this week. So, again, Temper your expectations, but for the love of God, do not bench it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about a running back? So give me a couple of running backs you like and why this week. Uh, also, James Robinson of Jacksonville. I know he has not produced an expected fantasy day yet, but Robinson is still dominating snap counts and touches in Jacksonville. And while there's always the possibility of a negative game script, limiting his rushes again, and there will be all year, just like there was all last year when they were 1-15, this looks like a week in which he can get it going. Now, he's no Dalvin Cook. But watching Cook run straight through that Arizona defense untouched on nearly every carry makes me think there might be some opportunities here, and that might be just enough, and a short, that plus a short score to make him a viable starter uh, and a dirt-cheap DFS RB number two or three or flex. And I like Elijah Mitchell this week. I, I still believe that this Green Bay run defense is well below average and that the best way to keep Rodgers away from your batted secondary is to keep him pacing the sidelines. So I think the 49ers should be even more run-heavy than usual this week, and it looks as if Mitchell might be the only pseudo-healthy running back left on the roster. Hasty's already been ruled out. Sermon's still in the concussion protocol. He could have a big workload this week. Okay. A couple of guys I like this week. Uh, well, Tyson Williams with Baltimore has had a very solid season through two games, and I know he's not going to be carrying the full load and all, but guess what? He faces the Detroit Lions this week. Uh, uh, Aaron Jones had four touchdowns against him. I think Tyson Williams probably had one touchdown 
Eh, maybe two. Uh, probably not because of Latavius Murray. But the bottom line is that if you've been starting Tyson Williams as a two or a three because maybe you lost Gus Edwards, I did that and that happened to me in one league, then uh, I'm not I'm not afraid to start him this week. I think he's going to have a, a good, solid game. 80, 90 yards, total yards in the score. Uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, we usually put him on the flick list. Well, I put him on my click list this week because, one, they're playing Atlanta. Number two, I think he can run against them. And number three, he's finally starting to make the cuts and trusting that knee. And he had some really outstanding runs. He had a 70-yard run against uh, Washington on last Thursday where he made three really sharp uh, instinctual cuts, and of course he had the long run down the sideline. So, uh, you know, I think he's going to uh, finally break out in this game. I can see 100 yards in the score in this game. So, uh, you obviously going to start him. You should be happy with the results this week. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week: Antonio Gibson, Washington, the Bills. Uh, they're going to be all over them. Uh, in fact, I think this is going to be another game where the game script's going to lean towards J.D. McKissick catching passes out of the backfield. But you're probably going to start Antonio Gibson as a two or maybe a low low end one. But I think you're probably going to get low end two, uh, high end three production out of him this week. Uh, David Montgomery for the for the Bears. Uh, the Browns do have a solid run defense uh, with. Uh, Justin Fields probably starting there. Justin had 10 carries for 31 yards. I think he's going to get more yards this week and probably have just as many carries or even more, and that's going to limit the touches on David Montgomery. So uh, it's kind of a temper your expectations. You're going to start David Montgomery, but, uh, you know, he's probably not going to do what he normally does for you, uh, and uh, just expect that. Anyway, how about uh, you, Chris, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why this week? Uh, Sony Michelle, I'll start with. He's going to be a hot waiver wire grab this week if he's still available, and someone that I do believe is eventually going to be the lead dog in this running back by committee there. But this week is not the week to thrust him into a starting role or even as an RB3 or a flex. Even if Henderson's injury renders him the top dog, I think this Bucks defense is nasty enough up front and beatable in the back. So it's very likely the Rams basically give up on the run and let Stafford and his troops just take pot shots in, in this shootout at the secondary. I think there's going to be a low volume and a tough defense so that even a major touch there, like I said, could be very unsatisfying for you. And then I I would bench both Lions running backs this week. Um, The Ravens have only allowed 2.7 yards per carry, and they have faced two backs and two offenses that are far more accomplished than than DeAndre Swift and and, uh, Jamal Williams. Neither of these Lions backs or the O-line looked overly impressive to me in last night's game. Uh, despite facing a run defense that has been well below average in 2020 and 2021. So I think the whole run game could be very subpar again this week, especially due to game script, as they have shown that they will go pass heavy, even with all their wide receivers missing. So with the two of them still splitting time and touches 50-50, neither is going to give you the volume you need, even as a flex. So I would bench them both. Okay. How about the wide receiver? Who do you like and why? A couple of guys this week. Speaking of Lions, I'll give you both starting receivers last year for the Lions, both in different places. First is Kenny Galladay. Uh, He's been a flick for me for a couple of weeks. He's a click this week, much like Saquon Barkley. First rule of clicks and flicks is that when a team's top wide receiver pitches a fit or gets angry, they force feed the guy the next game. After Galladay's sideline outburst was caught on camera last week, I was watching it thinking, this guy's going to go off in week three. And then I saw that he faces the Falcons. Uh, Oh, God, I uh, I know I said Jones would do well, but this is one guy that will finally have a big day for the G-men. And then I like Marvin Jones this week, his old running mate. Somewhat quietly, he's leading the Jags in all receiving categories. He's been a very solid PPR guy, a mid-level wide receiver too, actually, 18 points per game, about the 16th overall PPR wide receiver, while landing in the top 10 in overall targets for a high-volume, constantly trailing team. As Lawrence's top target, he stands a good shot at high volume every week, especially against a team likely to score a bunch, like Arizona. 
Uh, the Cardinals have also allowed a disproportionately high number of touchdowns to wide receivers as well. So with the second-leading target man, LaVisca Chenault, banged up and questionable, the target share could even rise this week for Marvin Jones. Okay. A couple of guys I like this week in wide receiver is Galladay's teammate, Sterling Shepard, who is currently the number one wide receiver for the Giants, but that might change very soon. The bottom line here is that they're playing the Falcons, so I think there's room for both these guys to score in this game. So if you got them, start both of them in my, on my click list, obviously Sterling Shepard. Uh, Marquise Brown, really surprising how well he's playing this year uh, so far. He missed most of training camp with the hamstring injury and such. Uh, but boy, they're playing the Detroit Lions this week, and it's just a juicy matchup. I think Marquis is going to catch a long one here and score. So if you've been starting him, uh, like you should be probably as a three maybe this week, uh, start him, and I think he's going to produce a good game for you. A couple of guys I'm, I'm, I'm worried about, actually, it's basically the entire Chiefs wideout core, with the exception of Tyreek Hill, against the Chargers for much of the reason that Chris pointed out that maybe temper your expectations a little bit with Patrick Mahomes, because I just think that, and, and the name that comes to mind here is McCole Hardman. I think that the Chargers are going to be all over him, and I I don't think he's going to be able to do much in this game, so be careful there. And the other guy, uh, we had so much high hopes for him in the preseason. Marcus Calloway, so much of a disappointment through two weeks. Don't even think about starting him against the Patriots. I mean, come on. Corey Davis, you know, the number one receiver for the Jets, had two touchdowns week one. <laughs> Played the Patriots last week. What, what do you have, one or two short catches? I mean, it, it, was, it was just ugly. So sit, Sarka, sit Marcus Calloway until he does something more than a couple of short catches. Okay, Chris, what about you? How about a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, I'm totally with you on Callaway. He's only got six targets all year. That's scary. Ouch. <laughs> um, yeah, Adam Troutman has his name. That's, that's even worse. So uh, I'll give you a caution play right off the back is Mike Evans. Um, he was already a, a little bit of a risky play in some people's eyes as a top-ranked wide receiver in PPR with the number of weapons available. And I wonder how many people are going to start him unambiguously this week while chasing last week's two touchdowns. Brady targeted him early and heavy after all the negative talk in the media from week one about Evans disappearing. So I think this week, this week I expect that A.B. got in his ear a little bit, and he's going to be the major target, much like I talked about Galladay doing it publicly. If I had to pick which buck is going to be down this week because they spread it around, I'm going to guess it's going to be Evans again. He's a must-start, more than likely, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's quiet this week. He has been outside the top 45 in PPR wide receivers seven times in the 16 games or the 18 games he's played with Brady. That's pretty astounding. And this week bears a strong chance of getting shadow coverage from Jalen Ramsey too. So, kind of got a little bit a little bit worried about him. And then another flick I'm going to say is Devontae Parker. For starters, he has vastly underperformed despite a very high target share through two games. He's only catching 50% of his targets. That doesn't serve well for fantasy. Now this week he has three major things also going against him, starting with the very real chance of Jacoby Brissett under center instead of Tua. You combine this with the Raiders' defense that is far more susceptible on the ground and the return of a possible lead dog, Will Fuller, to the lineup. I think his target share and fantasy usefulness could all take a really big hit this week. Okay, I'm at a couple of tight ends you like and why. I uh, really like Jared Cook this week. I know he really hasn't broke out yet, but the tar- his targets are still amongst the top seven tight ends, so he's due. Uh, this week I'm also expecting the Chargers should have a to pass a ton to keep up with Kansas City, so I look for an uptick in volume with the same target share as usual. As usual. Um, the Chiefs have actually allowed nearly as many receptions to tight ends as to wide receivers so far, so there's actually a lot of room to attack with Cook. And then – uh, a real deep sleeper here, I like Dan Arnold of the Panthers. 
Uh, Arnold had a solid game and was a top interesting target in the preseason as well. Uh, And this week he faces the Texans on a short week after they have allowed 18 receptions and 177 yards to position through two games without playing a good tight end. They allowed nine catches for 70 and a score to Jacksonville. You know, tell me who's there. And nine for 107 yards to Cleveland and their three-headed monster. So he's a sneaky, deep sleeper or waiver wire guy to pick up and use if you need one. And a guy to really think about for DFS is a dirt cheap option in a really good situation. Kind of a one-hit wonder of a tight end position this week. Okay, uh, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Uh, George Kittle, I know. He's been very quiet for the first couple of weeks. I got on one of my main event teams at FPC. Unfortunately, I'm still 2-0 and because my other tight end is Rob Gronkowski, but George has got to get it in gear, and I think he does this week. The Packers are struggling. Yes, his tight end. Hawkins has just went off on him, and I think that the 49ers are going to have to throw to keep up with this, and that means uh, more targets for George Kittle. He's going to produce, so keep him in your lineup. I know you've been starting him. Kyle Pitts in Atlanta, I think he gets his first NFL career TD against the Giants, uh, no doubts about it. So it's an automatic start for me there. A couple of guys I'm avoiding this week, uh, Mike Jacecki. I know he's invisible week one, and he made a few catches in week two, but now two is uh, hurt. Uh, and believe it or not, the Raiders do defend the tight end well, so I sit him. And Eric Ebron, wow, slowly fading completely away out of the Steelers' offense. Uh, Pat Farmuth uh, caught four, uh, all four targets to him last week, and Eric Ebron only saw two, didn't catch a pass. I sit him uh, as long as he continues to do the fadeaway. How about a couple of uh, tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Uh, I'm going Max Williams and Jack Doyle for the same reason for both. It's a valuable strategy lesson here. Don't get fooled and sucked in here. Both guys had really good PPR week two. Both played lesser overall pass defenses in week three, but they were both absolute zeros in week one. Don't chase last week's points and look at this week's matchups and situations. Williams, for you know, Arizona – will not have to throw a ton, and he is at best the fifth option in the passing game. So you're talking a a low share of a low volume. And for Doyle, Indy might have Jacob Easton like we talked about. He might not be able to throw successfully. And Tennessee has only allowed one catch for three yards to the tight end through two games. Again, don't watch that one guy that blew up and think he's going to do it again. That's a big risk. Okay, Chris, how about one-hit wonders at kicker and defense? Hit me with them. Uh, Dustin Hopkins, he's in the top two in kicking scoring, but he's hardly owned in any league, and he better get rostered soon. He's only, like I said, 17% rostered. He's got a great matchup this week. And then here's a guy you probably have never even heard of, Evan McPherson. He's the kicker for Cincinnati. He's got a long leg, yet to miss a kick as a pro, as a rookie. Pittsburgh's allowed a league-high seven field goal attempts and 12.5 points per game to kickers so far through two weeks. So looks like a good bet. Uh, defense, I mentioned it earlier, Carolina at Houston on Thursday night. They were mostly undrafted aside from streamers, but they're the top fantasy unit so far. And they get the Texans and a guy making his first start in a short week. This is just a recipe for disaster. And then I sneaky play, I think, is I actually like Minnesota um, hosting Seattle. I know they're giving up a ton of points, but they're also getting after the quarterback with the second most sacks. And Seattle has given up a fair amount of sacks. Dome games bother their offensive line as well. Look at all the penalties they had in week one in Indianapolis. So I think Minnesota might be a good, uh, good pressure unit to pick up some points for you. Okay, I really like that Carolina pick this week. I'm probably going to try and go after him myself in one of my leagues. Well, thanks for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we preview week four of the NFL season. Good night uh, to everyone, and good luck in your fantasy matchups. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. 
Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.